My name is Dana Balaudi, and I just lost my brother and dad at church. I didn't just lose them as in, you know, I'm a kid and I got lost and I just couldn't find them. I quite literally saw them get blown up into pieces right in front of me. Why does this matter to you? Because you probably don't even know that this even happened and be you could be the very very reason that this happens again and no one knows about it or even cares hi my name is annie um i today we're going to be discussing the two uh blasts that were targeting egyptian churches on palm sunday at april tr- uh, 9th 2017 on palm yeah palm sunday um <laughs> repeating myself again um and why this matters to me particularly is you're my background. I'm a Christian, an Armenian Christian, born and raised in the Middle East, who just moved to the States for college. And um, today I'm going to pose a question, a thesis that I'm going to be trying to prove. Well, I kind of have proved, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and this is, Western media controls population's view and knowledge about the Middle East and as a result, Gen Z is ignorant about globalism whilst still being global. What I'm mostly trying to achieve by this episode is just to inform people and educate people because it's not like I'm going to be comparing people in the Middle East, what their, um, the, the media portrayal in the Middle East and Africa versus the media portrayal in Europe slash America and media portrayal in particular of terrorist attacks. That is what I'm going to be targeting. And you might be thinking, oh, well, that doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't like terrorist attacks don't affect me, even though they affect literally everyone. Or, oh, I don't care. Like, I'm not, you know, white or Middle Eastern. So it shouldn't affect me. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not part like in that comparison. However, through this, you're going to realize that these very things that separate these two races is going to be the same thing that divides blacks and whites in the States, which is a major, huge, huge concern. And same thing with Muslims versus Christians. And then you're going to and then through this, this just this simple episode, you're going to realize how the media can quite literally quite literally control the way you think and see this world and that is a a very powerful thing b a very dangerous thing if you are not educating yourself beyond what cnn or fox news oh fox news is telling you then you are screwed we're gonna start off pretty light and i'm gonna show you media portrayal of the Palm Sunday terrorist uh, terror attack versus um, the Boston Marathon explosions that happened, and um, we're just going to discuss a little bit about that. ISIS was quick to claim responsibility for the two suicide attacks on Christian Coptic churches in Egypt. More than 40 worshippers were killed, and at least a hundred more wounded. Surveillance footage shows the alleged bomber at the. Okay, that was the Palm Sunday terror attacks, okay? That was, I don't know if you noticed, but very, very factual 
just at it just the way it should be i personally didn't feel a tinge of emotion just by that again again like we need to consider the fact that i just gave you like a couple seconds of a you know two minute two and a half minute video but just the words can we go over that the words they used it was just like two terrorist attacks two blasts in uh attacking um targeting coptic egyptian churches and isis was uh, quick to claim responsibility that is quoted by the way versus the boston marathon explosions which i'm about to play for you right now sidewalk along the course white smoke blasting into the air blowing metal barricades into the street spewing shrapnel into crowds gathered at the finish Just as the race clock approaches the four hour and ten minute mark. Okay. That was very intense. Even though, again, that was very brief. But just both of them are everything I just showed you. Very brief from very brief videos. Both of them were only two and a half minute video, uh, long videos. This one, okay, fact, just basic facts about media portrayal and how they can control us. It's A... Through, like cinematography just the way it is actually shot the video but right now you don't have you know video evidence i'm giving you you know auditory evidence and through auditory evidence you can hear just the words they use words are very powerful words are extremely powerful and they can they can lead to framing bias and that can that just affect the way you look at everything they use words like these phrases like spewing shrapnel into the crowds and that 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 is factual but just the way they said it and the the repetition of oh multiple angles this the very moment was caught on multiple angles and not even that just the blasts where they were like consistent throughout the video and that was only a bit of the video but i've watched the full video and i can uh, i can confirm that they are constantly constantly like they always revert back to that and that is very powerful in evoking emotion that is very powerful right now when i heard that i was like oh my god like just looking at it even visually it makes you freak out you're like holy shit like what the fuck like if that happened to me like they they literally say the um, it was uh, the ground was shaking like that sounds terrifying but with the other video very factual very very cold very detached very factual this and this happened done you never hear about it again how many times do you hear about the best boston marathon explosions how many times in a year same thing with 9-11 every single year and i'm not complaining at all that that is the way every terrorist attack should be we should always learn from these experiences we should always take something from these experiences and through that we should try and prevent these experiences however how many have, have how many of you guys listening to this have even heard of the Palm Sunday attacks on Egypt in 2017? How, I, I, I highly doubt it. And that is not your fault. That is the media's fault. Because through that, you never hear about Arabs and Muslims being the terrorists, uh, being the victims, sorry, being terrorized. Yes, it was carried out by ISIS, again, but ISIS does not represent Islam. 
ISIS does not represent Arabs. Most people don't even know that Arabs can be Christian. By the way, if you didn't know that, another reason, which is very, that this podcast is very useful for you because you just informed yourself and educated yourself further. But do you see how right now you're like, oh my God, the Arabs, the Muslims, they're also, they're also victims. They also fall and get victimized and die and a girl loses her brother and dad in the span of two seconds. Like, no one ever talks about that. You only hear about the white people, the Christians. Like, yes, I'm Christian. Yes, like, everyone always calls me white. Okay, but that doesn't matter. Because do you not see, like, people who hear this, who they, they people who are listening to this right now and think that they, this doesn't affect them. Same thing with blacks and whites. Like, you know how many of my black, how many, oh, the number, like, mm, my God. Black people are always complaining about how, how like they get portrayed on on the media like and i cannot like it like it's so unfair it's so unfair just because everyone always focuses on oh black people did this black people that since the beginning of time just by black exploitation the way black people were used in media and um in cinema they were used as as comic relief for white people and then, like, they got used for, like, they had this, an- another stereotype put on them. Black people only caring about sex, money, and, sex, money, and violence. Yes. That was in the, I want to say 80s? Yes, in the 80s. And now it's, we're not, that wasn't too long ago. Now it's 2019, almost 2020. And all we can see are black people, be- oh, this black person, I don't know, robbed this. This black person shot and killed so-and-so. But what about the police brutality videos last week i watched a video about this height not even high school no what for 13 year old girl okay a a white police officer kicks the girl on the floor for taking too much milk from the cafeteria are you kidding me handcuffs her oh like literally pins her on the floor and says do not move do not move i will i will um i do not want to use excessive force do not resist do not resist and then there's this bystanders and then they're literally like sir they are she's not using excessive force she's not she's not uh uh, resisting uh, arrest like you need to like calm down and he's just like i do not want to uh draw my weapon whatever like it's a 13 14 year old girl and you want to draw a weapon on her for taking too much milk from the school cafeteria are you kidding me for milk Imagine other things, like for simple things such as milk. Imagine, on it's just crazy to me. And that's why, like, this is so important because the media is controlling everything. So basically what I want to ask you, I just gave you, I just gave you, I stated my point, gave you my evidence, essentially. And I just want to see what you guys take from this. Do you, did you not just realize that, from two perspectives, like how how a story can be completely different, completely, like it's you you completely, it's a different experience, a different understanding, a different like emotion level, like the way certain media platforms target and invoke emotion from you, sympathy, sympathy, sympathy is very important because sympathy is ultimately the thing that drives us 
to want it like drives us to want to change things to, to not settle for oh yes we're gonna get bombed i'm okay with that they want change through sympathy you can get that change you want but at the same time through without sympathy without framing bias you get barely anyone knowing about the egyptian terrorist attacks and how like facts this is facts okay this is from forbes the most um these are the eighth most unsafe countries to live in well not necessarily but they're the 10 most uh, countries that were most affected by terrorism okay this is this was like two years ago which you know levels out the field to when the egypt uh palm sunday church attacks were number 10 on the list is libya number nine guess what egypt eight somalia seven india six yemen five syria four pakistan three nigeria two afghanistan one the one and only iraq okay that all of them are in the middle east or in africa or yeah around east asia around there like there's there's nothing about northern america or just america in general or europe like no none of that none of that but we only only ever hear about you guys being the victims the white people being the victims even when it comes to black people and white people only the white people are victimized like i'm sorry and then and then all we hear is like oh you're pulling the race card again to black people I'm sorry, you guys invented the race card. Like, you guys invented the race card. Like, you decided to put the divide between blacks and whites. Same thing with freaking Muslims and Christians and whatever. Like, that is a reason. And I'm going to be showing you um, just first-hand experience and um, evidence of how unaware people are i'm gonna be reading out two well i'm gonna mix like merge these two interviews that i had um and i'm gonna they're gonna be reported but and i'm gonna have another interview uh that you guys will actually hear that proves this ignorance another another piece of evidence we're gonna look at today and analyze is going to be the um, research uh, slash scholarly article that was done by the Haas Institute for uh, the Inclusivity Society at UC Berkeley. Again, to reiterate our point, what we are trying to um, basically look into and research and um, prove is that Western media controls population's view and knowledge about the Middle East, and as a result, Gen Z is ignorant about globalization globalization and globalism whilst being global you know emphasis on global um and basically i'm going to read out the important like most of this what i'm going to read out is very important to what we're discussing today um and basically um i'm going to put it from now on the influence of media, particularly mass news media and technology, in shaping Islamophobia has been a growing area of concern since the 9-11 attacks. Various perspectives problematize the way the, me- the media across various mediums such as news, film, and literature negatively represent, r- racialize, and demonize Muslim identities. The impact of such constructions of Arabs and Muslims on negative stereotypes and experiences of discrimination among Muslim communities are... Mm, 
<coughs> are captured in, in this research. These works, therefore, provide critical perspectives on not only the way the media mediates public opinion broadly, but also how negatively me, uh, how negative media representations contribute to and legitimize the othering of Muslims. Finally, a new and emerging body of academic discussions deals with the impact of technology on Islamophobia more broadly, including perspectives on how social media has been used to both exasperate and challenge negative mainstream news media representations of Muslims. And yeah, going off of that, I'm just going to take you, give you guys a moment. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> to, sorry. Um, absorb that. But it basically encompasses what everything I've been trying to say. But going off of this, it's not only this, okay? How do we move on from what I told you? It's it's why, okay? Like, why? Basically, it's, 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 it's the oldest game of power. The whites think they have the power. West Western society thinks they have the power. They want the power because media is so powerful, especially when in your schools, you don't understand... Americans are taught about America, American geography, American history, American everything. Everything is about America. And that way you only hear about, you only get one perspective. You're very, your thinking therefore becomes two-dimensional. In, in, that, in that sense, we, no one can blame Americans and Western society for being ignorant. Yes, you guys are ignorant. That's 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 not big. That's not news to us anymore. But how do we move forward from this? We take things like such as this, which just basically tell us that you guys are because as a res, it's the same thing Stalin did, and and almost every Russian leader, uh, czarist rule during the czarist rule. If you guys didn't know, they literally burnt all the textbooks they had during the czarist rule and rewrote the textbooks to make, you know, communism and the czarist rule seem great because because therefore the czar would look like, you know, like God's brother or whatever. Like there was a quote like that, but that's why I'm mentioning that. But essentially that's what it comes down to. And it's the same thing with blacks and whites and media portrayal, how... Uh, blacks or um, African-Americans are negatively portrayed in media and villainized and portrayed as violent human beings when they're not. How can you go off one one video, video like, which is taken out of context, by the way, to make a child seem very violent, a 14-year-old girl, for taking, for taking too much milk from the cafeteria? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. And through that, you can... that That is the way. And... Gen Z becomes so ignorant because because Gen Z in in Western society, people who live in America, who live in Canada or Europe, they become so ignorant about it. Yet they go to cafes, you know, in in Paris. Americans are like, oh, I'm gonna go to Europe. I can get a year, have a Euro trip with my friends for college, and they come back and they're like, oh, I or you know, college students. Oh, I did study abroad. What, what what did you study abroad? You took the same courses and you just went to a different country. What do you, what did you learn? Oh, um, I have a few um Instagram pictures. You know, um, sipping tea. Um, no, <laughs> because that is not the way you educate yourself. They call themselves global. 
they have this whole Instagram reel of highlights of them in Paris and uh, quoting Audrey Hepburn. Paris is always a good idea, but uh, at the end of the day, they don't know anything. They don't. They really don't know anything, and that you a large portion of that will be seen. Um, and the interviews that we're going to be showing you today. Okay, so guys, the first interview um, is going to be a reported one. So we're not going to be able to essentially provide you with the actual um, interview as it was as it was by phone. But um, it was but it was with a American professor an American professor who teaches um, in the Middle East. Um, he teaches history in the Middle East, and he also studied, actually, he studied um, Middle Eastern studies in university. And um, we, we discussed a few questions, um, had very good, uh, we had a very good conversation, actually, um, discussing the Middle East and media portrayal of the Middle East versus... <coughs> Uh, media portrayal of, you know, Western society and how that impacts, you know, the way we see things. And what he, and what I asked him was like, um, you know, given your background, like, you know, since you're white, living in the Middle East and, you know, your educational and academical background, academic background um, in Middle, Middle Eastern studies and history, what, what would you say um, is the main outcome of, the portrayal, the negative portrayal and stigma of Islam um, and Arabs, Muslims and Arabs. And what he said was, and I quote, Americans have wanted to have the power since the beginning of time, and this was even seen in the Cold War with the Russians. If the Muslims and Arabs are villainized, we're one more enemy closer to unifying our country. And end of quotation. But I found this fascinating because it was just because that was not like what I was focusing on. It was just like, oh, villainize them. It's just like, you know, you become more superior. And through that, you know, like you're superior, you know, essentially. But this just took it another step further. Like he said, as a result, we're going to have the media will portray Muslims and Arabs negatively therefore leading the people of the country, essentially, Gen Z also, including Gen Z, to view these people as the enemy, you know? And obviously, especially Gen Zs, Gen Zers, they don't know any better. They're ignorant. They they hear anything on Fox News and, they, and they're like, oh my God, did you hear? Like, so-and-so happened, and even though it didn't, you know? But... Essentially, what I understood from that, how I analyze it, was that if, you know, if with any country, this has been seen in history multiple times, but if a country has a common enemy, you no longer focus on the enemies within the country. Say, if we suddenly go to war in the States, everyone is going to, like, everyone is going to, conti- like, stop focusing on how much we hate Trump and how we should impeach Trump, we're going to we're going to be like, okay, we need we're all in this together. We all hands on deck like we need to like, I don't know, fight off the Russians or fight off, I don't know, the Chinese or it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Because when you have a common enemy and a common threat, 
you suddenly become unified. You become a team. There's no divide within all of you guys. And this just leads to more nationalism and patriotism. And, like, that was so fascinating to me because I didn't see it from that perspective. And I was like, just through this podcast, while I'm trying to enlighten you, I'm becoming more enlightened. And it's just like you can never, like, have enough perspective. You can never have enough perspective. And I found that fascinating. And essentially what I got from this was I drew this parallel because in history class last year, actually, we studied uh, czarism and the czarist rule in Russia and how um, whilst, you know, the idea of communism um, and communist Russia was being introduced, how famine was struck and people were dying of the cold and hunger um, and uh, there, there were many invasions uh, occurring during that time. Uh, what the, the czar essentially started this war with, uh, he went to war with this other country. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know the details. I'm kind of um, rocky on the details, but uh, he deliberately did that in order to, because the people had realized that, no, communism wasn't wasn't right and it wasn't helping us, if anything. It was just harming us. And they, were, they wanted to get rid of it. And the czar felt threatened. He was like, no, I like the czar's rule. I'm in power. He was thriving whilst the people were were not, were clearly not. And he decided to, in order to get the attention off of them, in a sense, and um, of, of, off of him and the czar's rule, um, he went to war with another country just so the focus could be on them and they could have this unification and uni- and this nationalism again. And I was just like, that is so interesting how we could, we, we could draw these parallels from all the way back then to now just with with all this like new media and digital media and how media portrayal is literally could be the key to war and just creating enemies and just to add to that i also asked um professor quinn what he thought about um media portrayal about the extensive media portrayal about 9 11 um, even 18 years after, as opposed to, say, the Egypt Palm Sunday church uh, attack um, <coughs> that occurred twenty twenty seventeen, sorry, <coughs> um, and how that barely had any coverage. And what he said was, it's essentially another way to have a day to commemorate the loss of the, all the American lives that were taken while still reminding the American people who the perpetrators were and to never forget that the Muslims and the Arabs were the ones who carried this out. He then went on to say that the U.S. doesn't want the U.S. media doesn't want people to sympathize for the Muslims and Arabs as they are the murderers. If the media victimizes the Muslims and the Egyptians, then who will we villainize? And I'll just let you guys process what he said because I was just like, you know, who will we? Who is like we can't have two victims here. We can't have the nine eleven victims and we can't have the Egyptian victims because then who are we gonna blame? Because at this point, even the U the U S especially of all places is very polarized. You can see that in, you know just their parties were Republican. Are you Republican? Or are you Democratic? There's no normal. There's no. I want to be. I want to be this. I want to be both. I want to be, what, what if I want to be, have elements of both? Like, what, what if I want to do that, you know? And I found that so interesting because that means 
all these Egyptian people, all these Arabs, all, all Zainab who lost her brother and her father, like she doesn't get an annual recognition day and commemoration day of the people who she cared for the most. They just they, they just get forgotten. That that's that it's you know considering that they even were like remembered or or even know like no one even knows that they passed away no one even knows of their existence but for 9 of 11 there's like uh, there's what isn't there for the remembrance of 9 11 and don't get me wrong there should be there should be there should be that for all but it's just like it's been 18 years and just in simple things like if you look up 9 11 on google in 0.58 seconds 550 million results will come up and when i say oh yeah okay google google this google that if you press next up until like beyond the 10 results point like if you go down to like to the end end okay everything will be like still almost like 90 percent relevant to what happened that day but when once you go behind beyond like four or five for the Egypt Palm Sunday attack, which only had like eight million results in point four six seconds, it, it like there's barely any relevance to what actually happened that day or to the incident or whatever. And yes, this could be due to the fact that one of them was eighteen years old and we can analyze in a multitude of ways like it could be because it was 18 year old 18 years old um and that you know they've had time to investigate that and look further into it have theories about it conspiracy theories but if we're if we're just talking strict news outlets strict news outlets barely still have any coverage over it and that to me was because i mean Yes, we can, you know, the dates are very important. But, like, then again, if we're looking at it from a different perspective, they still, the the, the amount still does not compare. Especially if we, if, if we look at the fact that Egypt was covered 17 years after 9-11. Technology is way more advanced. News gets around in 0.3 seconds. There should be more news, if anything, more news coverage over this, but there isn't. I mean, if you look at other uh, terrorist attacks, such as the ones that uh, took place um, in France, there was, oh, pray for Paris and their prayers and everything. The media outlets were going nuts. But again, that was before even the Egypt attack. Egypt was like the latest one in everything I mentioned. Technology should always be its best by that time, you know? And so it was getting the least coverage in everything I just mentioned. And that was just so interesting to me because that just that just proves everything that because it's in the because it's in Africa, because it's in the Middle East, not Egypt technically, but um any other uh, of the attacks that I mentioned, they it, it it's like they don't they, it's like they don't matter and it's because of this again it's because of this the G, gen zers are ignorant it's because of the, this that some kids still think all muslims and arabs are terrorists and, and that to me was just very 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 sad because 
people like if we if we just focus on getting everything reported and doing our jobs and helping the people in the Middle East and Africa and East Asia then we can be preventing this because if there's more coverage people will want to be will will essentially put there'll be more protection and people will, there'll be more action to prevent attacks there'll be investment in metal detectors at churches and security guards and because people will care because people will sympathize enough to care people will be informed enough to care people's eyes will be opened and that is the most important thing and i just wanted to like like compare this and juxtapose like essentially like and contrast this interview which is also of a white male man um which was of a white male man um who's a professor uh to a conversation that i had with um just a student you know not a professor and whatnot just an su student who um is white a white female and we actually had this uh this uh interview recorded but it got distorted so this is what i'm i'm just going to have to report it this way sadly i'm very 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 sorry about that but um the gist of what i asked was that i asked her essentially before you met me because um most of the information that she's had in this previous year about like you know her her, her education and her like being enlightened on the Middle East and what it's truly like living there and growing up there and being born there. Um I asked her what did you think of Muslims and Arabs go? She literally said terrorists. And I was like, did you think everyone there was a terrorist? What, what when I said Middle East, like what did you what, what would you picture? Like what would you envision? She said and I quote at first, um she said well, when she heard this is um me asking her what did you envision picture when I said I was from the Middle East? You know, she said, well, I envisioned you went like, I thought you went to school in a desert, in an actual desert. I thought you went to school with a camel. A camel. The other, ca- the a camel, the second time, was not in the quote. I just reiterated that because people actually think like this. People think the people in the Middle East go to school on camels. I mean, I'm pretty sure that happens somewhere, but we're talking day-to-day people, people who come here. No. And I asked her, I I asked her, like, why do you think people, why do you think that people in the Middle East are all terrorists and bomb people? She said, that's what I've been told. Who have you been told that by? Um, the news, school, my friends. And that is basically just I was just like, I mean, yes, through this through this investigation and research process, I was expecting some ignorance, some you know, enlightenment, but not to this extent I was. And I I didn't think that I, I did, I, no, by no shot that I think that people genuinely thought that everyone in the Middle East was a terrorist. I mean, I did have a, I did have a, a guy on my floor actually say, oh, so like people on your floor, uh, people um from back home, 
I, I don't I don't fuck with you guys because like don't you guys like that bin Laden came from there in like Iraq and shit like we have troops there man so so like like that doesn't mean everyone from there is like that and now he's just like Annie like I fuck with you like you're so cool and everything and I was just like in that sense I'm so glad and grateful to be here like just to conclude this like I'm so grateful and glad to be here because I have this opportunity. It's like essentially like everything I've told you. Where do you where 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 do we go from this? How do we improve the situation? We, I'm I'm I didn't realize this, but I'm actively improving the situation. I'm I educated the person on my floor just by having that conversation with the professor. We he he enlightened and educated me. I am trying to pass on this information to you through this. We like gen like Gen Zers. Yes, they are ignorant about the middle east especially the ones who live here but they're doing their best like even with all the slave slavery that was going on in libya most people yes they were ignorant about it who lived here but they still changed their instagram dps to a navy blue color which signified you know which represented the crisis going on there i'm not i'm not sure if you guys know that but a little context on that but um or people who always repost these things on Instagram, on their um, Instagram stories, or just um, all these like activists, all these young activists who are who are so curious about the Middle East, and and I can I can I can help that I can feed into that curiosity I can enlighten that curiosity and through that I think we are taking a huge huge massive step using technology and media to to help and get rid of this stigma of Islamophobia and this fear of Arabs. And we're, we're taking a huge direction, a huge step into the direction of good and right and, and education and, and knowing what is right and true and fact, you know? And um, essentially, I really hope through this, you guys actually got something out of it essentially but um there's not much more i can say and i really hope you guys um really got something out of this